0: Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. Embassy City Church, I love you all so much, and I'm so grateful that you are worshiping with us today. Listen, I have a dear friend that's about to bring the word. He's introducing himself to you today, but he's going to be family by the time that he is finished. Pastor Tim Rivers serves at Pirates Church in Bimbrook, Texas, and he has a word for this house today. So would you stand to your feet? Get up, get up, get up. Everybody get up. Look in, look in, get up. Thank you, thank you. And put your hands together for Pastor Tim Rivers. Good morning, Embassy City. Hey, would you put your hands together and give God big praise in the building? Come on. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Give God your best praise this morning. If you're thankful to be here, you may be seated. Man, thank you so much uh, for the invite to be here. It is so good to see you in church and those that are watching online. The Vitamin E family, welcome, welcome, welcome. I believe God's going to do something special in this place today. I just need about two or three that believe that. (laughs) I want to say, first and foremost, how honored I am to be here, and a special thanks to Pastor Tim and Juliet Ross. Thank you so much uh, for who you are to the kingdom of God and for who you are to me. I had the privilege of meeting Pastor Tim a few years ago, and since then, he's become a mentor, um, a prophet. an advisor, and the list goes on and on and on. And so, Pastor Tim, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And I believe that God's going to do something special uh, because, one, he's here, and then, two, I have my lovely bride with me and our four-month-old baby. And then we've got a couple of more. They're going to show you a picture right here. They say if you show a picture, then it just sweetens the deal. So, this is my family. We've got a five-year-old named Zara, a two-year-old named Zion, and then our four-month-old named Zane. Yeah, so when we get upset, it gets real confusing around the house. (laughs) But it is good to be here. If you're glad to be here, say amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Let's go to Acts chapter 12, the book of Acts chapter 12. While you're turning there, I have to warn you, uh, I grew up Pentecostal. And and those of you that said, all right, y'all know what I'm talking about. But I went to a Southern Baptist seminary. (laughs) So I like to be deep in the word, but deep in the spirit. But what I'm used to is feedback while I'm preaching. So if you don't give me feedback, we can make this last three hours. (laughs) But if you're going to help me preach, we may get out of here and and beat some people, the Golden Corral. (laughs) So Acts chapter 12, verse number 12, it says, when he realized this, well, right, let me back up, let me give you a little bit of context here. So Peter, he's in prison. Uh, he's just been released out of prison miraculously. Angel takes him out of prison. He, he gets up, he gets to the street. He realizes this is not a dream. This is actually happening, right? So when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate, (laughs) but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out your mind. I just feel like, the Bible has some interesting vernacular. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another Place. I wonder how many in here have been praying for God to answer something? Let me see your hand. You've been praying. You've been been praying and asking God for an answer. So, for the next few moments, I want to preach on this thought open the door. (laughs) Open the door. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for drawing us into your presence. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to do great things. I know, Lord God, that you have called us here. You've got a special word for us, so give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, a mind to understand what the Spirit would say to us. Help us to be good ground upon which the seed of the word is planted and help us to bear fruit of it. We thank you. We give you name all the praise and glory for what you're getting ready to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. amen. Have you ever prayed a prayer so specifically, so desperately, like you, you fasted, you prayed, you believed God, you know, called everybody that you know, you told them to pray, and, and, and then when the answer came, it was so legit that you were like, nah, there's no way. <laughs> have, you, have you ever like seriously prayed and asked God to come through for you, and when he came through, you were so shocked that you were like, nah, God, it can't be. Like like you know you owe exactly $100 on a bill, and you're in the middle of a field, and out of nowhere, a $100 bill comes flying right into your face. <laughs> and you know you prayed for it, but because it's so specifically answered, you're like, nah, I gotta find the owner. You better take that $100 to pay your bill. Working in Next Gen, it's it's funny because, you know, you have those sisters in the church that have been looking for that knight in shining armor for a very long time. (laughs) You may be in here today. And and you're praying, and, and they pray so specifically, God, I want a man who is tall, dark, and handsome. I want him to have a good job, a great credit score. I want him to be fit, I want him to love his family, have his own house, 2,500 square feet, brick home, four bedroom, two baths. I want him to love Jesus. I want him to love his mom, but not too much. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then it happens. She's in a service just like this. The Shekinah Glorious, the praise team. Come on, give it up for the praise team. Praise team is going off. She's basking in the presence of God. She feels the Holy Ghost's real tears are falling down. She's taking five pages of notes, next-level preaching, next-level worship. Everything is lined up just right. She walks out into the lobby, presence of God just glowing off of her. (laughs) And there he is, right across the room, tall. Dark, handsome, got a good job, a good credit score, physically fit, loves his mama, but not too much. <laughs> Has a brick home, 2,500 square feet, four bedroom, two bath, <laughs> and here's the bonus, two-car garage. <laughs> loves Jesus my body soul spirit strength she sees him they lock eyes they know it's about to go down you can, you can feel the tension of the relationship that's about to begin he sees her big bright smile Big old fat King James Bible tucked under his arm. Yeti cup full of coffee. You ain't ready when he got the Yeti. (laughs) He makes his way over to her, reaches out his hand. They touch, literal sparks are flying. He says, hey, my name is Michael. She says, hey, I'm Shatori. (laughs) But my friends call me (laughs) Tori. He says, "Tori, I saw you worshiping. I saw the way you were you were taking notes. I love the way you were leaned in, and you're just the type of person that I want to be with. So, so can I have your number? And could I take you on a date?" This is the moment that Shatori has been praying for. She's believing God for it. She's asked for this, but then she does the thing that she swore she would never do. She looks. Her answer to prayer right in the face. She says, thank you, Michael, but right now I'm really concentrating on my relationship with God. <laughs> so, so it's a no for me, but try again. No, Tori, what are you doing? You know what Michael's about to do? Michael's about to find out that Tori got a friend They're going to live happily ever after, and Tori is going to be angry the rest of her life. I know, I know, I know. I know this is a joke, but the reality is many of us have we've been praying and asking God to come through for us. But when the answer comes knocking, something within us sometimes refutes the answer that God is bringing us. And so we've got to discover why we push away from what God wants to bring us. Here's the reality. God has a purpose and a plan for every single person. If you're in this building, if you're watching online, know this, that destiny is written into the fabric of your being. God has created you as an individual. That's why we don't have the same retina. That's why we don't have the same fingerprint. You know why? Because there's something that you contribute to this world that nobody else does. When you're breathing, you are a manifestation of the glory of God in the earth. So the greatest thing that you can do as a child of God is discover your purpose in life. And when God brings that purpose to you, many of us, we've tasted and seen. We've even had a glimpse of our purpose. We've maybe even dabbled in what God wants to do in our lives. We maybe had a taste, but but somehow we've either pushed away or, or it's too good to be true, or we've allowed the naysayers in our life to convince us that it's not the time yet. And so today, I want to preach to you that it's time to open the door. But we have to answer this question. What stands between our prayer and our answer? What stands between your prayers and your answer? Number one, can I tell you, it is not a lack of faith. And I know this may be different than what you've heard preached before because, you know, a lot of times when the answers don't come, people are like, well, you better pray a little bit more in faith. Maybe you gotta, you got to worship harder. you gotta, you got to add a little more faith to it. you got to hold your head the right way. you gotta, you got to lift your hands the right way. But can I tell you that the very fact that you pray is evidence of faith? <laughs> because you wouldn't even make your request known unless you believed that God was able to answer. I don't go to a gardener and ask him for heart advice, but neither do I go to a surgeon and ask him, where where do I plant my flowers in the spring? We go to God because we believe that he is able to answer. Did you know that faith simply means believing in the goodness of God? Faith simply means that you believe that God tells the truth. Okay, I'll give you an example. Mark chapter 9. In the book of Mark chapter 9, we find the story of Jesus taking his disciples, uh, three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up to a mountain. And in the mount- on the mountain, shoo, shoo, here comes Moses and Elijah and Jesus sitting there. And Peter is so overwhelmed by the scene that he says, hey, we got to build three altars, one to Moses, one to Elijah, one to Jesus, because this is monumental. And then something amazing happens. <laughs> Moses, Elijah, they disappear. Jesus left. And Jesus says to them, hey, all that's left is me. Because you as a Jew, you've always believed in the law and the prophets. Moses represents the law, and Elijah represents the prophets. So as a Jew, just think about it. You've now seen your three huge heroes, the Messiah, the law, and the prophets. But when the law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah, disappeared and all that was left for Jesus, Jesus was demonstrating to his disciples that everything that was talked about in the law and the prophets is fulfilled in me. You need nothing else but me. <laughs> so, so they're having this mountaintop experience. And it's, it's euphoric. It's amazing. It has their way on their way down the mountain. And this is just like life, right? You have this mountaintop experience, but at some point you're going to have to come down. So they're coming down the mountain. They see the disciples having a full-blown argument with these people. So Jesus comes down and he says, what's going on? And this man comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I brought my son who is demon-possessed to your disciples, asking them to heal my son, but it didn't happen. So Jesus says to him, all things are possible to him who can believe. Now, isn't it ironic that Jesus says it to this man, if this man did not believe, that his son could be healed, he never would have shown up in the first place. But what Jesus demonstrated to him in that moment was, hey, listen, all you need is a little bit of faith. All you need is a little bit of belief. And this is what happens. So so the man looks at Jesus and says, I believe, but help my unbelief. It's okay to have unbelief while you believe. (laughs) It's okay to sometimes doubt while you have faith. It's okay to deal with your humanity while you embrace the Spirit. It's okay to wrestle through that, and this is what Jesus did. Jesus didn't hold his unbelief against him, but he recognized his faith as full and paid for, and he healed the boy. An amazing miracle was happening. So number one, realize that what stands between your answer and your prayer is not a lack of faith if you prayed. Number two is it's a lack of courage. See, courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is staring fear right in the face and saying, I believe anyways. Courage is the ability to stand before a giant knowing that he could cut your head off and say, you know what? I've got the anointing of God resting upon my life, and there's nothing that you can do or your sword or your spear that's going to stop that. Having courage is the ability to go up to the edge of a Red Sea and still believe that God's going to take you to the other side. Courage is believing that even if they turn the fire up seven times, I will burn before I stop believing in God. Courage is getting a bad doctor's report and still worshiping. (laughs) Courage is having a bad week and still praising. Courage is is, is nobody believing in you, but still you show up to church because you know God's got a plan for your life. I wish somebody would hear me today. All you have to do is have a little bit of courage. So I want to go back to Acts chapter 12. And I want to give you a little bit of context before we get into the meat of it. Because in Acts chapter 12, what you have to understand is the social structure of this story. See, at that time, during Acts chapter 12, during the first century, women were regarded as less than. They were equal to servants, slaves, Gentiles, the Halt, the maim. Some of you ladies right now, oh, Lord Jesus. Let me get back to the first century and let me show them. But by the time this story happens, the culture and the society was degrading to women. Now, this was not always the case because if you go back to Genesis, remember, God creates Adam and the scripture says God created male and female in his image. So God's intention for creation for man and woman was always to reflect his image. This is why Adam couldn't reflect the image of God by himself. It's not good for man to be alone, so God created a helpmate so that both of them would do what? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. So all throughout the Old Testament, you're going to find that men and women were in service to the Lord. They they operated in the presence of God. They were in commerce. They were in the market. They sold. They had businesses. It isn't until you get to the minor and the major prophets that you start seeing less and less mention of women as women were starting to be suppressed in a culture until Jesus shows up. (laughs) Because when Jesus shows up, he completely revolutionizes the culture and the society. When Jesus shows up, now you start hearing stories like the woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, the mother of John. Mary and Martha. Now, Jesus is inviting women into his inner circle, and he's saying, You know what? Y'all got it twisted because the gospel is to whomsoever will, let them come. Black, white, red, yellow, male, female, kids, grandparents, the gospel is for everybody. <laughs> So, but understand the cultural context by the time we get to Acts chapter 12. Because in Acts chapter 12, there is beginning to be this persecution against the church. Herod is beginning to persecute the church because he realizes that the Christians are growing in number and influence. So he begins to put pressure on the church and tries to shut them down. And what he begins to do is try to get after the apostles and the disciples. So he he ends up killing James, uh, the brother of John, and now he's got Peter imprisoned. So he gets Peter, he puts him in prison, and and, and Peter is awaiting his trial, which is going to happen the next day. Now, we already know what's going to happen. By the time they get to the trial the next day, they were going to say guilty as charged and they were going to execute him. So during the night, the saints of God get together at the house of Mary, and they begin to pray for the release of Peter. They're praying, they're believing, they're trusting, they're wailing, they're interceding. They believe that God is able to deliver Peter out of prison. While they're praying, I love this, Peter is sleeping. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, I've never been to jail or prison, but I don't think I'd be sleeping knowing I'm getting executed the next day. But Peter is bound hand and foot naked with four squads of Roman soldiers. Now, a squad is four. Remember this next time you say you're rolling with your squad. (laughs) There's got to be at least four of (laughs) y'all. Don't be rolling around with three talking about it's a squad. You got to have four. So there are 16 soldiers, two of them that are bowing to Peter hand and foot. There's two outside of the gates. There's two outside of the prison. And there's more. And they're all guarding Peter because they know that the church has a history of having answered prayers. (laughs) See, the devil's nervous when the church starts praying because he knows that when you pray, God is hearing and he is listening and he will answer so 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 Herod is like y'all better watch this dude because stranger things have been known to happen when the church begins to pray so y'all better make sure i got 16 of my best guards that are going to make sure that this joker does not get out of prison but then guess what happens <laughs> an angel shows up to release peter Peter is so asleep that the angel prongs him in the side, has to hit him in the side and say, all right, we're leaving. So, so Peter is like this, uh, okay, got you. Chains fall off. He's like, man, this is dope. <laughs> all right, I can do this. So then he follows the angel outside of the prison gate, outside of the prison complex, all the way into the street. It isn't until they get to the street that the scripture says that Peter came to himself. In other words, the dream was so legit. He was like, he was having this euphoric experience. He thought this was the best dream possible. Man, nothing like dreaming like you're getting out of prison right before your execution. (laughs) You ever have one of those dreams that's so real? You wake up, you're disappointed. Just me, like, like you ever have those dreams that are so real? I remember this one time, I'm telling on myself, a lot of times I wake myself up laughing because the dream is just so good. And, and one day I woke up, and I woke myself up laughing. And the next morning, my wife was like, man, you were laughing hard. Like, what were you dreaming? I said, man, I, w- I was dreaming that I was flying. But the best part is there were flying turtles right next to me, tickling me. <laughs> Peter was having one of those out-of-body experiences where he was like, there is no way that this is real. Until his feet hit the cold pavement and he realized, Oh my Lord, I've just been released. So, what does he do? He goes to the only place that he knows is safe. He runs to the house of Mary and he begins to knock on the door. And he's banging on the door. Hey, hey, somebody answer the door before they realize that I got away. And the church is in the building still praying. So, the answer is knocking, but the saints are still praying. The the answer is right at the gateway saying, hey, let me in. What y'all are praying for is right here, so I need y'all to go ahead and let me in. But the saints of God are so busy praying that they don't even hear him knocking. (laughs) But this young girl named Rhoda, a servant girl. Now, remember who wrote the book of Acts? It's a man by the name of Luke. And Luke is very specific when he writes. He's very intentional about his writing style. He's very detail-oriented. So when somebody was telling him the story, at some point he said, wait a minute. Who answered the door? Who went to the door? The servant girl. What's her name? Uh, Rhoda. I'm going to note that. Because at that time, if you were a servant, you were nothing. You barely had a name. You definitely didn't have anything to your name. And yet, while the saints of God were praying, I'm about to get excited. She was listening. While other people were still asking, she was waiting for the answer. And when the answer came knocking, she went to the door. She said, man, I'm pretty sure I hear Peter because I recognize this knocking. I recognize his voice. And she opened that little, you know, she probably had one of the doors. <laughs> You know, they got to have the speakeasies. I mean, I don't know, I ain't never been to one. I'm just saying. I I seen it in the movies. (laughs) She opened that door, oh my, it's Peter. And Peter's like, yo, it is me. Open the door. And she's like, nah, I got to tell everybody else. Slam. <laughs> and Peter's knocking at the door and saying, yo, you better let me in before they realize. And they take your answer away. She runs in there and she tells oh. Oh, all all the apostles and the disciples and the men and women of God who are praying for the release of Peter. She walks in there and says, hey, hey, y'all, the answer is at the door. The answer is knocking. I'm telling you what you've been praying for. Peter, he's at the door. And they're like this, girl, you you are out your mind. That's literally what the Bible says. Girl, you is out your mind. Go get me some more wine. Go get us some more bread. Know your place. Don't you know that we are the more spiritually mature? We know when the answer is coming. <laughs> we, we know when God's going to show up. And she walks up and she said, no, I'm trying to tell you. The scripture says she insisted that the answer was at the door. She said, listen, I'm trying to tell you. While y'all are sitting here praying, I was listening and I heard the answer knocking at the door. And finally, somebody, somebody had enough wisdom to say, you know what? Let me just go check to quiet her down. They go to the door. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Is this for real? Yo! The answer is here! And they all run up and they were amazed that God answered their prayer. I'm trying to tell you that the answer to your prayer is knocking at the door. And somebody in this place and online, it is time to open the door and let the answer in. The only thing that was missing from Rhoda was a little bit of courage. Here is the problem. Rhoda allowed society and culture and the status quo and people to define her so much that when the answer was knocking at the door, she hesitated because she was waiting for people to agree with what she had seen. She was waiting for people to give her permission to open the door. She was waiting on the culture to catch up with God culture. Culture ain't ever going to catch up with God culture. I told you I'm Pentecostal. I'm about to preach you I forgot my handkerchief, but here we go. I'm here to preach and tell somebody that you've been praying and God's been knocking. You've been waiting, but God said it's time to open up the door. You've been asking God for for that business idea, and God says it's knocking at your door. You just need to go file the name. (laughs) You've been asking God for that nonprofit, and God said, I don't need you to get busy. You've been asking God for that book idea, and God said, I need you to start writing. God wants you to open up the door. Why? Because the answer is right there. (laughs) <laughs> although Rhoda heard the answer she allowed those that were more spiritually mature those who have been in church for a while <laughs> Facebook and Instagram comments <laughs> you, ever, you ever tell somebody a dream and they're like nah bruh, that ain't you I'm not talking about a spirit rebellion. I'm talking about a spirit that trusts God more than you trust people. (laughs) I'm talking about a spirit that says, I believe that when God says it's time, it is time. So here today, I'm asking the question, what has God dropped in your spirit that you've seen a glimpse of and you've touched and you know and you can feel it and you even know that it's time? You're just waiting for somebody else to give you permission. You've been waiting for somebody else to just tell you, okay, it's starting time. It doesn't matter if they were praying. The answer was there. So here today, I feel like telling somebody. I don't know what it is that God is telling you right now, but I believe it's time to start opening the door. Because here's the thing about our God. He will give you promises. He will give you purpose. He will be at the door, but what he's not going to do is force his way in. (laughs) He's going to tell you what he wants to do with your life, but he's not going to take a spoon and force feed you. He's going to say, here it is. Do you want it? Because if you want it, you got to open up the door. And I believe somebody is going to walk out of here and you're going to start opening doors. You're going to start opening the door to that business idea that God gave you. You're going to open the, the, the door to that ministry that God told you to get involved in. You're going to open the door to that prayer that God told you you need to start praying. I believe that you're going to start walking into your job tomorrow yanking open doors. What's gotten into Johnny? I'm just telling you, this is representative of what I'm doing in the spirit. I'm opening the door and letting God do his work. I'm going to read you one more scripture found in Revelation chapter 3, verse number 20. (laughs) Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I believe God right now is standing at the door, and he's knocking, and he's looking for somebody who's been praying and listening for the knock to open the door. One more story in the Bible. The children of Israel are slaves in Egypt, they've been praying for deliverance they've been asking god now they've been slaves for decades they've been praying asking god for deliverance believing god hoping dreaming waiting this is what god does god speaks to a man by the name of moses and says it's time go tell this joker pharaoh let my people go moses goes in there says hey pharaoh uh I don't know how to tell you this, except for the I am says, let his people go. And Pharaoh's like, who do you think you are? Walking into my kingdom, talking that mumbo jumbo, that nonsense. I ain't letting nobody go. Get out of here. Moses said, all right, I try to tell you. I try to tell you. Then the plagues come. Pharaoh's like, I still ain't doing it. More plagues. I ain't mm, ain't doing it. More plagues. Okay. (laughs) I'm on the fence. (laughs) More plagues. All right, bro, grab your people. Get up out of here. I'm done. Million people gather together. They go. Cross the Red Sea, right? Get to the other side. Miracle after miracle, manna, quail, water coming from a rock. Miracle after miracle, being delivered, all the plagues. Israel is seeing all of this, right? They know that God is able to do incredible things. Then they get to the edge of the promised land. (laughs) I'm talking like you can see it. You can smell it. You can feel it. You believe it. If they didn't have faith, they would have never left Egypt. They had the courage. They left Egypt. They stepped out. Now they're sitting there. Yo, send in these spies to see how easy it is, and then we're going to consider going in. Spies come back. They got grapes. They say, everything that you said it was, it is. Land flowing with milk and honey. Vineyards we didn't plant. Wells we didn't dig. Houses we didn't build. I mean, to the T, everything we've been praying for, believing for, asking God for, trusting for, left family for, is right there. Spies come back. All except for two said, yo, we're able And I can't help but think that these jokers thought, you know what? If we got out of Egypt healed, we went through a Red Sea. We had, what is it, come up out of the ground? Manna. We had quail. We had water come from a rock. All of us are healed. All of us are good. Yo, let's go take this joint. But then the rest of them were like, nah, it's too good to be true. So the answer is right at the door, waiting for someone who just—I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know how this is all going to pan out. I I don't know. I don't know how God's going to work this out, but I—but I feel it. I trust it. I believe it. I—I just—I hear him knocking. I, 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 know, I know they don't believe me. I, I know they don't think that this is possible. I know they don't have faith in me. I, I, I know they say that we're not strong enough. I know we feel like grasshoppers, and I know all of this. But what God is saying is, I'm going to give you the place. I'm going to give you the invitation. But I need you to cross on over. I need you to open up the door. If you would, bow your heads, close your eyes. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'd like to see who I am talking to. So if you're in this place and you've been praying, you've been asking, you've been believing for God to do something special in your life, would you just raise your hand? And I said, keep it way up because I want to pray for you right now. Because I believe this is a season of door opening. <laughs> I don't know what God has planned for Embassy City, but I can tell you it's sweet. I don't know what God has planned for you. But I can tell you, it's sweet. It's better than you've dreamed. It's better than you've imagined. It's greater than you could ask or think. So while you have that hand raised, I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, you see all these hands that are raised right now. And I pray that as you're knocking on the door, that we would have the courage to open it and let the answer in. Whatever, Lord God, the purpose is, whatever the plan is that you have for my brothers and sisters and those that are watching online, that feel that can hear the knock at the door, I pray that you would give them the courage, the strength, the faith to grab a hold of that handle and open it up. Help them not to be defined by friends and family and culture and social norms and what always was but help them be defined by what you have in front of them. So right now, we give your name all the praise, all the glory, all the adoration, because you're worthy of it. And we're thanking you for what you're getting ready to do, because you're getting ready to break chains. You're getting ready to tear down walls. You're getting ready to give a harvest like we've never seen before. Lord, we've planted the season, we've watered, and now it's time for the harvest. So we thank you in advance for the good things that are coming our way. I thank you for Embassy City. I thank you for Pastor Ross. I thank you for this church body. I thank you for the Vitamin E family. And we are looking forward to all the amazing things that you are getting ready to do. In your precious name, we pray in Jesus' name. And somebody shout amen. Would you put your hands together and give God some great praise in the building? Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Urban. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.